I've had a request for all five, but we don't all know them, so the first and the last verses are the rap tag. It's on. Like Donkey Kong. It's yes, although we are currently recording in between the period where an election is definitely going to happen and that an election is definitely called because it's still tootling its way through the um, sleeping octogenarians in the soon-to-be-abolished House of Lords. But it's time for us, on that option no longer exists, to analyse it from a sort of Labour perspective with competing views from the left and the right. I'm John Bounds and with me is Adam Juniper, who's no doubt going to be more pessimistic about this than me. Well, it depends on your point of pessimism. But yeah, oh, I, I, well, I'm pessimistic about Labour's chances of winning overall, but then so is everyone, except possibly the loony left. Me? I mean, this this is where the word loony comes into loony left, isn't it? Well, you do realise that the loony left was a thing created uh, to essentially have a go at um, the Greater London Council, who were doing things like gay rights, uh, integrating communities, supporting uh, black minority ethnic people, um, trying to make sure people had houses, that sort of thing, those sort of loony proposals. Well, yeah, um, and of course, hanging banners up on the uh, GLC building as was. No, no, they were they were good times. That was before we thought. That's before we thought of Ken Livingstone as having a, a major flaw. Um, it's the moustache, isn't it? If you've got a if you've got a canvas, you should paint it. Um, so yeah, a, an election then. Um, I'm really bloody excited. Well, I should hope so because you're the you know you're in that group of people who really really wants one on the Labour side, which doesn't seem to include many of the MPs except those who simply don't believe in polls. Not elections, that's a kind of poll, but opinion polls. Those that have a look at the opinion polls and have seen what has been happening to Labour there... Polls are bunk. We've discussed this before. They have absolutely no relevance. We're about to shift in a continually um, a different way from um, what happens. You just watch that. You watch even those badly executed um, markers of, of media flotsam. You watch them creep up. Well, that, that certainly and, is the uh, official momentum line, isn't it? That uh, the polls don't matter at all at this point and the opinion polls, even in the run-up, don't matter because we've seen it before. Amazing Jeremy can come from flying behind and create a proper election if he's given four weeks of balanced coverage by the BBC. When was the last time the polls got something right? Almost on the nose, 1997 and 2001. What, 20, 20 years ago? No. The last election that Over they didn't get right was 2010. They didn't get 10 right, they didn't get 15 right. They were not far off on fifteen. They, well, some of them, right, some of them though. were right, but yeah, the average out the po- wasn't. The polls mean nothing. Um, it's it's un- and you you can see the um, the gleam in the eyes. I was unfortunately forced to listen to uh, Radio Five Live last night as the votes were coming in, where I got some top election coverage analysis, which essentially consisted of uh, two people standing in the central lobby going, we can only see it on a really small television. They were covering the votes that were happening 
you know, a couple of yards away, but they decided for the purposes of broadcasting that they needed to be situated in the Houses of Parliament. Well, it, but it of has course, a it's radio look about but, it, doesn't but, it, it? but it's it's radio, <laughs> and because they were there, they couldn't see or tell what was happening because they couldn't see the bloody Parliament, and they also hadn't got a telly. The two uh, reporters were continuing going, yes, yeah, so we don't quite know what's happening. We can't make a call because it's a very small 14-inch black and white portable um, uh, hanging in the corner and, and stuff. And also, they they kept explaining <laughs> parliamentary rules and laws and, and stuff and getting them slightly wrong. They also kept... They also had this line where on the amendments they were going... Um, Oh, so, uh, but of course, uh, what is the difference between the the ninth and the and the twelfth? And then, <laughs> well, uh, check your calendar. My, well, indeed, indeed, but of course, it doesn't really mean anything. And then uh, they actually stopped um, my MP uh, Leila Moran, who I dislike for many, many reasons. But she was right on this. She carefully and slowly explained to them that by cutting three days of parliamentary time it prevented Boris Johnson springing the withdrawal bill back on and, and bouncing it so that's no, why the, we like you know, voting it, on it, a Thursday it's the thing isn't it that's what we're used to so we can't be drunk it's in the fixed term parliament act well voting on a Monday you might be a bit more I don't know you can have a party the day before I don't know well, the, the 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 Thursday tradition and it is only a tradition it's not you know anything yeah Come, stems from the idea that people were less likely to have any money um, because they got paid on a Friday, so less likely to get ratted. This doesn't work for the student vote, though, does it? Well, the <laughs> student the, vote um... are abolished anyway, and this is another reason why Labour might have a tough time, because they've only just got to college. They haven't got round to registering to vote yet. Can they vote at home? They're probably not going to pop back to home. I, I think this stuff is overstated. I think the politically engaged student is very politically engaged and will find a way, um, and will find a way of voting in the right place, um, and maybe suspiciously in two places at once. I couldn't comment on whether or not that was a good idea. It's their last chance. Um, How do you show your photo ID for a postal vote? <laughs> exactly. The um, the course the way the the way that those amendments which were ruled out of order to extend the franchise went. Um, yet again, it might have been a, one of those clever political tricks to make the Tories look bad, but it bloody well worked. Well, it has to be, doesn't it? Because there's no way, given the way the Electoral Register works, that it's in any way possible to suddenly extend the franchise by two years with an election this close. Well, I mean, the the cut-off date hasn't approached yet. It would be difficult. People who are under 18 should have um, could could be registered anyway, so they become eligible the moment they are 18. But the um, the and the the European um, uh, citizens with settled status thing, I agree that's more technically complicated. Although at least they have a register of them, so they could have automatically registered them. Yeah, to vote. in fact, they've been encouraging them to put themselves on a register before they send them off to the promised land. And and many of them will be on the electoral register as the um, the EU citizens because they can vote in local elections, That's of course. Right, yeah, no. Um... So, but but it it was unlikely considered by people who know about this sort of thing that those amendments would be ruled in order and be allowed to be amended to that bill. But um, the Tories themselves, Tory MPs, were um, so Tobias Elwood, who's uh, and essentially he just looks like a plank. 
um, so the name is good. Um, he was uh, saying that, oh, it'd be a very bad idea to extend this, uh, the franchise to 16 and 17 years, especially when they'd all vote for one party. <laughs> and you go, you're not meant to say that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's was, uh, not good politics in the tradition. You know, it's not politic to say the thing that you're thinking. You have to come up with a legitimate reason. And uh, Charlotte uh, Gill, who I believe is related to the the naughty gills of typography uh, fame, um, a Telegraph columnist, uh, suggested, oh, giving EU citizens the vote, what next, hamsters? <laughs> it's kind of like, horrific. okay, you're not meant... You- you're not meant to you're not meant to refer to these people as rodents. I know your paymasters might like it, but you're not meant to do it. No. That's, that's just... Oh, some people. It's absolutely amazing. And I, I think we will find... I think the, the sort of chains are off and the message discipline is off because they think they can get away with anything these days, these right-wingers. And, and by and large, in a normal climate, they can... I think we'll find that during the um, the current period uh, of um, the election broadcasting rules, we will find them being found out. It's not. We'll find them... It's not impossible. I think it's one of those things where there, there's certainly a level of random, isn't there? That with uh, with so many entryists in the Tory Party now, I think you know Aaron Branks was sort of proudly saying they've got thirty or forty thousand hard Brexiteers in the Tory party, which is effectively a third of the membership of the party. Oh, although um, Brandon Lewis, probably lying, claimed 180,000 on an interview I heard the other day. Just entryists? There aren't that many. No, no, 180,000 members, full stop. But there are not that many members. And I, that's, that was just a complete lie that they can't challenge because they never release figures. Well, it was widely thought to be about 90,000 before the wave of entryism so 180 seems a bit far especially since that's more than banks was claiming but you know for sake of argument let's say it's true um that it's 120 130,000 you know that you're looking at quite a lot of people who don't have the I don't want to say message discipline but the sort of instinctive discipline that you know natural one nation conservatives have had for all these you know the sort of Theresa May-esque women without the sense of ambition, dare I say it. I mean, did she, it's hot enough she even really had any ambition or was just in a series of accidents. But our towns are, you know, are filled with these people, our middle England. Yeah, well, I live very much in, in middle England. And the yeah, largest, but you live in, um, in a bit of middle England where some of the people are, you know, educated. Not particularly in my particular bit. I mean, particularly not in my particular house. But the um, <laughs> the uh, the Conservative Club is one of the largest buildings in the in the town, and uh, proudly advertises salsa dancing on a Tuesday and things. I've never been in. Um, I have a uh, engaged smokers outside on a Friday and Saturday night with conversation about how they better stop smoking or they better start voting Labour or there won't be an NHS to cure their lung cancer. Um, I have sat outside it drinking cans in celebration uh, on the day Thatcher died. Have um, had many times thought about torching their uh, election posters that they'll put outside. Um, but uh, no, it's a there are. I, I, I would make a distinction between people who attend the Conservative Club and people who are members of Conservative associations and 
I don't think lots of people who go in the Conservative Club really have much of a clue what's going on. Is the Conservative Club is it in any is it linked to the Conservative Party or is it like oh, yeah. just a club for people who fear change? <laughs> well, isn't that all clubs essentially because they're banding together against the outside world? Well, I suppose so. You well, and the same can be said of members of the Labour Party then. But luckily, they don't even believe in the outside world. The Labour Party is the only thing pushing it forward. So you've listed some possible outcomes from this election in order of likelihood. Okay, and we're going to go for in order of, of, yeah, I was going to say, you don't want to debate it too much, but just in order of like opinion poll based out likelihood rather. I'm going to go, I'm going to call this in favour of Adam's likelihood. This is a little bit, uh, by the way, like a section on a podcast that Adam has... um, done a, a guest spot on uh, in the past week or so if you're interested um if you pop over and uh, to listenv.com or search for listenv in your podcast app you'll see adam investigating and counting down his top five gadgets of the 21st century That's right. scroll back uh, to, to last week's list envy when i'm on it it's totally the best uh, and not when some hollywood person is on this week sports sports so so let's call that these are your that these are your um, most this is your order of uh, likelihood yeah I definitely likelihood cha- and do- not at all just the order i thought of them i do challenge it but i'm not going to challenge the order because we're going to discuss them in um in your way okay so what's your first one then Ed? well i think the most likely outcome everyone broadly agrees um except john and the entire membership of momentum that the most likely outcome is a conservative overall majority i don't want to hazard a guess as to the size of that majority um and definitely, you know, I have to say for John's sake that people also predicted a pretty solid Conservative overall majority in 2017. But then Theresa May was campaigning. So, okay, would, can, I, can I nail that myth? Can I nail that, that jelly to the wall here? Um, Theresa May was campaigning. Boris Johnson is in no way better at campaigning than Theresa May. Theresa May was... Um, in the polls, which you think are so good, more popular than Thatcher had ever been, the most popular prime minister ever before that, when that election was called, she was going to walk it. She was so positive, her campaigning style and her campaign was so great, and it wasn't. Now, contrast that with what's already happened to Boris Johnson every time he stepped out of carefully choreographed um No, I wasn't, I wasn't going to argue and, this point. I... I, I entirely agree with you i mean although actually he did seem to have a better pmqs today uh in general he has just not seemed like the polished professional television performer we're used to he you know from the good old days of when he just did the old topical satire and then kept out of our way or was mayor of london for a bit and kept out of my way yeah but um written but written as um yeah written stuff it's written for him edited pro him to make him seem funny if it isn't done that it's not going to it's not going to work there is there are so many it's halloween and there are so many skeletons in his closet rattling him out that there can't be any room for any clothes, which is probably why he dresses like a dog's dinner every time he goes out um running all, all you need to know about Boris Johnson is. Well, actually, yes, no, the skeletons are good. You can think about the haircut. But my favourite thing is the Wikipedia page and the fact that they're not entirely sure how many children he's got. I mean, this is one of those ones where I think, you know, he's totally entitled to a private life, even if 
it might reveal some things about his trustworthiness and and loyalty and and stuff. It's only when, such as the Jennifer uh, Curie stuff, that it comes out and um, damages his professional judgment. Well, no, I mean, let's say his professional judgment was already damaged. (laughs) Now we just know. Well, although it seems to have disappeared again, the, and this is the problem. This is the problem that the um, the majority of the press have no interest in in digging out these things. So it is going to be down to activists uh, and the very small number of left leaning um, media outfits who are, are going to have to do this. Now, I'm kind of including the Guardian on this because if they're not pro Labour, they are at least for the most part anti Boris Johnson at the moment. I think though, I think that. And this is where, you know, that our sort of different views on the likelihood of the outcome of the election come from, is that you think that people knowing the truth about the Jennifer Curie situation means they're going to be put off Boris. Whereas I think a lot of people, you know, the truth is pretty obvious from what we've seen already. They're just not that bothered about it. They think if I was mayor, I would take advantage of the situation in every way possible as well. I do think that's true. I do think I do think that's true to a certain extent. But what I think is possible, include and I think this sort of stuff bunches in the same way that it bunches um, as you know virulent anti anti or pro Brexit stuff bunches. I think the reason why we're not going to necessarily see this as a, a, a Brexit election is because of that bunching. You can't take an overall. You can't take an overall view of it because the the, the you know the opinions are tightly bunched and they're really, and you might you might see a couple of seats go massively one way, but it's it's going to it's not going to be a consistent swing across the country. But I also think those sort of attitudes about um about how Boris does bunches and they bunch in a certain section of people and they generally bunch in people who were going to vote Tory anyway. Um, they, and it's kind of like they're, um, you know, it's, they're, you know, it pushes them harder. I know where you're going. He, exactly. He encourages, he brings out the vote, which isn't necessarily a problem, you know, from their point of view, they, they do need to infuse I think it turns these up people as many a bit. As it, I think it turns but up as the many more as worrying it. thing, as it as it brings in the more worrying thing from uh, i think a labor perspective is that they need the brexit party to do well in a way and the problem feels like that boris johnson is also showing the type of person who can be a brexit party voter that you know they can have just as much ridiculous i'm your chap kind of lunatic you know, from the Tory party and feel they've got more chance of actually getting a Brexit that way. Well, that's... Than they I think, were, but, you know. but it's it's going to be so tight that, for example, in Boris's own constituency, sitting on a majority of 5,000, which has been... The, to, to which the trend and the demographics are against, um, you know, a, if the Brexit party stand a candidate there and they'd probably be wrong not to considering that that's an area, you know, that sort of Lord Buckethead or whatever would be thinking of standing in. It's normal for a publicity hungry party to stand a candidate against the sitting prime minister. If they take 2000 of that, there's a big chance of a Labour win there. And then what happens? 
Uh, you know it's going to be a Labour Lib Dem split and the, that'll get it through for Bojo. They can win that and they can take Ian Duncan Smith out and they can they could have taken... Well, that, that would be a good taken, thing for society. I mean, that's... <laughs> they could have taken Amber Rudd out if she hadn't just taken herself out. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, she's a, a lame well, duck in every sense. Well, now, the, even the interesting thing about Amber um, Rudd, of course, is that not that her... her her brother is the con currently fucking up your people's vote uh, thing, but um, the um, she obviously doesn't need the money because an MP that loses gets what is it six months salary? I hope but so. If, but that if she doesn't stand, fair. it takes six months to find a decent job, doesn't it, or to move to another country move, and become move an to, MP? Uh, move to California and get a job uh, uh, shilling for Facebook. I don't see that. As that likely, not a huge majority. I think you could get, as which is your next proposal. I could see the outside possibility of essentially Parliament being similar to how it was okay. in two thousand seventeen, well, rather than how it is now. There's a, there's another important part of this outcome, right? A Conservative majority win, still widely seen as the favourite, not by John for sure. Um, has led or does have consequences for Labour as well. And the obvious consequence is, does Jeremy Corbyn resign? Because by if that happens, if that happens, he's lost two It elections. would be unusual for a candidate, um, a candidate from a major party to, to stay the course. I think at that point, the most important thing would be Labour needing to refresh its internal democracy to make sure that the members can still um, have the, the the influence that they're getting at the moment, but they're only getting it by the moment by the fact that the the, the left are in charge, if you see what I mean. They, they need to solidify um, that, that member-led momentum, as it were. Um, so it would be possibly honourable. Would it be healthy for the party to find some way to better represent a larger section of the national population. No, no, but I mean, those were the days when Labour would actually win general elections was when they were closer. We're about to win a general election. Uh, but in the scenario I'm describing, you've just lost it. If If you lose two in a row by, you know, being obviously fairly left-wing, then is it time to rethink? No. It's not time because it's simply too late because we're going to... This is... As much as people want to make this election about Brexit, this election is the... I'm not, I'm not. I'm I'm deliberately making it about left-wing. And I, I would point you exactly to what happened in the, you know... Kinnick, Kinnick wasn't left-wing. No, he was less left-wing and the party and moved Kinnick towards eventually winning. Kinnick was less left-wing than, than Foote, who actually wasn't that left-wing when it really come down, came down to it. But he did stand on left-wing manifestos because of the party had better internal democracy at the time. Um... But so they uh, shot him in the foot. The uh, it's what you do to donkeys, right? But the um, the the no. If the worst came to the worst, it would be the last and possibly greatest function of the current left leadership to reform internal party democracy to set us up for the future because. We need a left-wing party. We need a radical, transformative party because this is the last... This election could possibly be the last chance um, to um, you know, reach net zero carbon by 2030. This 
and we're the only party with any credible, we're the only major party in the world with a credible laid out what's going to be manifesto to start doing this. This is incredibly important for the planet. It's going to lead a lot of people along. I'm pretty confident that everyone is going to get to net carbon by 2030 because we're going to be in such an economic state that we can't afford you a car. You need to have insulated um, every house in the country in the next five years. It's got to, that's that sort of thing. It's got to be done. No, 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 you're confused. We won't be able to afford energy, heating oil, that kind of thing. You know, picture the, the no-deal scenario. That's the one that gets us closest to net carbon well, zero. It, by it 2030, just, anyway. It's a far better way. It's far better, for the, um, it's far better for the rest of the globe if we have a shining example of a, a green industrial revolution and social just policies and reframing of, of and creating good green jobs than a simply not creating as much carbon because we're all um having to uh not having to turn the ovens on isn't it ironic though don't you think that if the labor party had still had been in power constantly since the uh, 79 we'd probably just have lots of big coal-fired power stations because the unions in were pretty keen the, on coal um alternative economic plan that was created by um eric heffer and uh, tony ben and people like that in the early 70s they were there were things um, like the Lucas Space um, uh, engineering um, plan, which was a, a way to attempt to reframe Lucas Aerospace from building weapons, and the company was going to go bust anyway, from building weapons and planes to building other technologies led by the unions. And the thrust of a lot of that was actually alternative green technologies. They were looking at that from the point of view of pollution and stuff rather than um carbon emissions and climate change um really at that point but that was a u- that's that's genuinely interesting that's that's something that we should come back to when no they haven't just announced a general election and talk about a bit longer it's absolutely I, I didn't know that i would have assumed that if the unions were allowed to develop any sort of technology they would create something a bit like a ducking stool or a catapult into which people who'd recently risen to management positions I mean, could be put that into. is also a good idea as long as we do that in a green way but the um, no it's fascinating there's actually a documentary uh, that's sort of touring um labor meetings and stuff about that in the, at the moment it's a which i haven't um, had a chance to see yet but it's it yeah it's really 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 fascinating the lucas project is a little bit like the way that we need to start transforming our industries it's a it's a model for that we need to take the skills and and move them into into good bits but to come back to the thing possibility out possible outcomes of a, a general election outcome one conservative overall majority John doesn't want to talk about it, and we immediately move into many different sub-areas. Fair enough. No, I don't think any of us really want to think about it because, from my side, a Labour, uh, sorry, a Conservative overall majority is incredibly bad news from the Brexit scenario as well. It just gives us the 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 deal pushed through by a bunch of right-wing Conservatives, followed by five comfortable years of right-wing policy, and quite possibly a No Deal one year into that depending on whether the ERG, you know, take control of that government. Because it's it's more than possible that, uh, you know, we will get an incredibly bad trade deal a year in. And we'll uh, we'll come back to how terrible that is. So the next most possible or most likely outcome I've put, again, driven by opinion polls. And I think we all know that there are some questions there. But the next most likely outcome is a mild Tory win, as I've 
put it like like last time essentially they don't win but they're the largest party uh so what do you think would happen in that situation would we get five more years of extending we, brexit we'd have another general election in very short order i'd imagine um they might get the deal through but they wouldn't be able to govern would that would they last long enough to get the um the, the following trade talks, which no, you know, absolutely not. I don't think they would. I think we'd, um, and then who knows what we'd see at the next election. So, in a way, that might be the, the outcome that eventually led to a confirmatory ballot, or an, or no deal. <laughs> it's a bit of a gamble, isn't it? It really is another seat by seat. I, I yeah, I'm not sure the country can take another year of it. Like. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't think. Yeah, anyone's brain can 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 take it i mean the brains of our press are already completely and utterly broken yeah having to learn parliamentary plus we plus no burko well, so the idea actually, that he's the idea that he is anything other than someone who's following a a rule book and has quite a funny voice um doesn't well I th- no i think the funny voice and you know general demeanor is the important part of it. A lot of people, you know, particularly on the Brexit side, when they don't feel it's going their way, they're very keen to suggest that he's bending the rules, that kind of thing. I don't really think that's the issue. As far as I'm concerned, he's just good TV. He makes these things relatively watchable, and that's not always been true for the people in that chair. Well, that's um, the only other speaker I can really um, consider I have any huge great knowledge of, of how they work was, was Betty Boothroyd, of course. You know, a sort of matronly sort of um, character in charge, a little bit like the way her namesake uh, Betty, um, the barmaid in Coronation Street, would run the, the, the Rover's Return. You know, not Bette Lynch, but, um, but Betty played by Betty Driver, who was Mini Driver's aren't it was showbiz wasn't well, it's, it? it's funny you should mention that when i went to um i went to the uh, the studio tours they have where coronation street many many years ago and they also had a uh houses of parliament yeah or, been to both you know the inside yeah. and so you know it was just over the road it was just the other side of the street from that it was um from, the, from memory the the parliament was a bench short on either side ah, that's good enough for tv that was very interesting. I had somewhere, and maybe I can dig this out, although it's entirely unrelated to the podcast. Me and my uh, family did a sort of green screen going into the Rover's Return um, thing, where you went into a green screened room and read some lines off a chalkboard when the light came on and you were told where to look. And then they cut it onto a, a, a Rover's Return scene. Yeah, we've got I've got a VHS with the Granada logo on it somewhere, and you have to say, um, "What's the drink like?" The the idea of a Tory overall majority is not something I want to really huge Tory majority. It's not something I want to consider because it's scary. It says awful things about the country. It says awful things about what's going to happen to the country. But in terms of just pure chaos, a Parliament that comes out looking roughly like the one now or the one that came out in two thousand and seventeen. Um, is sort of morally defeating it's it's really it's really genuinely depressing in a different way isn't it like a conservative overall majority is is a lot like what i think you and i grew up with and inherited our our politics with which is there is an evil person and we can hate everyone you know that margaret thatcher was the evil witch in fairy tales as far as i was concerned as i grew up it was it was all just connected it was a very simple and and straightforward connection but yeah this uh, minority thing is uh, 
while it makes a lot more sense, it is hard work. And yeah, I agree with you. It might, it certainly seems unlikely that they can last a full five year term, which brings us to the next most likely outcome. The one that Remainers apparently desperately want, uh, which is a Labour as the largest party in a minority government or would they form a coalition? This is the interesting thing for me. Labour have said that they wouldn't form a coalition. Of course, that is always a preference and things change and stuff. But the idea is that um, John McDonald certainly laid this this out, that Labour would... rule as a minority government put forward its socialist agenda and essentially dare the sort of supposed rest of the progressive parties to vote against it it's going to be a fairly short-lived go i mean it's a it's a real risk isn't it because you do that you lose it you find yourself voted against a few times and after that you know and the Lib Dems do not necessarily brand themselves as progressive. Oh, they do all the time, but they aren't necessarily, but they do brand themselves that way. Less so when an election's well, coming up. But uh, let's see, for example, the um, the raft of bills that would have to come out in, um, for a Green New Deal. The idea that the Lib Dems would vote against them, they'd want to. They've got fracking money, but they would really struggle to justify it to their supporters and their constituents. I get the impression that fracking might be an issue off the table by next week. I'm just just from something uh, that Bojo was saying. He was have, answering a query about uh, having a fracking supporter as his campaign manager. His response implied certainly that he'd expected the question and that there would be a statement along the subject lines of fracking and the earthquakes. He tied the earthquakes to fracking. Sorry, and no, no, and it occurs to me that you know, in the government, you might just take the view that it isn't really worth it for the limited amount of fossil fuels you get, for the huge amount of complaining you get from your own political side as well as other sides. You know, and if you're paying this guy plenty of money to campaign for you, who's going to worry about a little bit of fossil fuel that's not well, that I think easy that to sell? Uh, well. This is it. You just have to look at how much uh, Joe Swinson's pocketed um, to see that she might still have to care about it. But I don't know. But you you have to look at those. And I think this is really important. And this is really important for people who are in areas like me where, let's face it, we're in a Tory Lib Dem marginal, although less marginal perhaps than it, than it was. Um, and we are likely to get, at best, a Liberal Democrat MP, and we need to make sure we are holding. So you're going to vote I'm, Labour. Of course, of course I'm going to, no, course I'm going to vote bloody <laughs> Labour. But what we need to no tactics in your What we need to do is hold those in the campaign is to hold those Lib Dems' feet to the absolute fire of the Amazon and of climate change and of the world burning because we, if they need, if they get in and they're needing it in any way to support this legislation that will you know, go some way to mitigating the the climate breakdown. We cannot let them be under any apprehension that they are allowed to vote against it. Similarly with the NHS and social justice issues, we need to, you know, we need to campaign so hard on that that they are forced to take a position during the campaign that they will, you know, that that they then can't go back on. Admittedly, 
to live, admittedly, live down history <laughs> well, and, uh, and all that, but to make it more difficult for them to go back on it, at least. It's a funny, um, funny thing. The stu- uh, the tuition fees pledge, because that is, of course, the the famous crippling one, isn't it, for the Lib Dems? Is there a lot of very strong arguments to be said for the outcome on tuition fees, given the number of people who go to university in this country, and the only people who make an economic argument against the current arrangement of making people pay if they end up getting a decent job. They always say, oh, what about the Swedish model, where about 15% of people go to university, not 50%. Is that the, the Lib Dems needn't have made that promise. They were just wanting to appeal to students. It was just blatant cynicism. It's Yeah, it, it was, and I think that highlights them. Um, as their sort of, you know, political... They're, they're, they're the most deeply political, cynic, cynical party going. I think the Tories are the Tories are outright liars, that, but they're not cynics because we're not expecting them to have a moral base. Yes, uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's not an unreasonable covering. Um, OK, so, yeah, so how will, that, how will the first 100 days of that government work Well. Out? They've, they will kick off with um, going back to uh, the EU and asking for that sort of soft Norway Plus deal to be laid out. They've got to kick the referendum bill through the, the, the Parliament, which we have to assume would go through because of the, you know, the Dems and, and SNP and stuff. We have to assume that would go through. Yeah, I think that that's the one thing you can... You should you then, be able to rely on. You then move, you? Um, but there's no. But I, I was having a, uh, a little bit of a spat with uh, Hugo Rifkin on Twitter about this. Actually, he was going the uh, essentially uh, uh, Labour. How can Labour do all this stuff? We'll just get mired in Brexit. And you go, well, you've got to essentially because you've got to, and there is no option to do it. And the Brexit bills haven't gone through um, Parliament as it stands because the Tories haven't either wanted them to or they've preferred game playing and pissing about and they've had no other stuff to bring that they thought they could get through. So they haven't, if you see what I mean. You could, you you get that through tightly and while you're doing that you start lay the preparations for repealing the Trade Union Act which I think would go through quite, you know, quite easily because it's, um, it's a kind, it is a kind of libertarianly liberal uh, thing to do, you start. Um, you then start. You then start to lay the uh, foundations for the green new deal stuff and the industry policy. You do similar things like um, reinstating um, legal aid and stuff, which I think the Liberals and the SNP would get straight through. Depending on how much SNP ness you get, you have. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm starting to wonder what the SNP think about any of these things. I mean, I the the one. Other possibility is that you're looking at parties keen to destabilise and and make very difficult early on uh, a Labour government. But would you know? I think that ordinarily that might be something that you could expect. But I think after this general election, if this in, had the outcome of a you know a Labour minority government, is that nobody would be wanting to cause another general election in a hurry if you were seen as pushing in that I route. think that's completely true and I think that you might you you might see um uh, the SNP in Scotland make a request for a, a Scottish referendum and Labour have said that they wouldn't well yeah Labour yeah Labour said that it's for then. the people of Scotland and um 
and I think that's you know that's fair, isn't it? It's almost going back to the um, the Treaty of Versailles. And uh, uh, if I if I was king of Britain, there wouldn't be a Britain uh, or whatever. You know, if, if, if yes, no, if I had that power, I would insist on that. You know, I wouldn't be against it. I would just want it deferred until the upcoming Labour proposed referendum on EU membership had been dealt with and gone away. I think the SNP would probably want it straight away or on the same day because if Labour or you know any future government is able to solve Brexit in any, to, to any point of outcome, the SNP's argument goes yeah. away a bit. The immediacy of it, certainly. And I think that the... Um... What I think that you kind of you expect well, I, there may be one, maybe two green MPs in this thing, you, but you you expect them to to fall into line with most Labour policies on sort of social justice and the the green agenda. They might even make good pushes to 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 make us go further, and that would be really good. As they let's move on to our uh, our next scenario in your order. Next choice, yes, your your personal favourite. Actual Labour win, uh, a Labour majority government. How can this happen? I've said, I've asked. You know, we've already brushed on the idea that students are going to be uh, find it difficult to vote, and perhaps more importantly, uh, Corbyn's popularity is pretty measurably low at this point. So, how can there be a Labour win? Well, the, I question. think the the big stumbling block to a Labour win is not really any of those things, but it's Scotland. And um, you, it's very. It would be a big, big um, Labour performance, which isn't out of the out of the realms of possibility um, in all sorts of places around England and 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 Wales. And but I think Labour will struggle to do brilliantly well in Scotland. The Scottish Labour Party hasn't been particularly uh, good over the last um, few years. And although it's kind of moving in the right direction now, it's really struggled um, to, to get its head above water. And um, I think it's... Uh, yeah, I think, I th- I think that's, the, that's, the big, that's the big issue. I th- Scotland was almost taken for granted by Labour, almost indefinitely. Yeah, and... Um, um, you know, certainly, uh, certainly up to the turn of the century... And the Scottish knew it too. You know, that's that's where the SNP's popularity comes from now. Plus the, the partial independence, the Scottish Parliament, Labour policy, created that credibility for the SNP, Indeed. didn't and I it? I think the sort of um, tensions between the SNP and Labour um, in Scotland have always been incredibly high. There's some, you know... They, I think the... In my experience, the tensions between Labour members uh, and anyone is always that bit higher. Labour people feel politics in a very different way to almost well, everyone else. Maybe, maybe that's so, but there is a, a particular, I guess, you know, a little bit of the way that, um, you know, my visceral dislike for the Liberal Democrats comes from the fact that they rhetorically uh, camp on your turf, but you know they don't mean it. I often come back to the um, the Young Ones book, Bachelor Boys, which is a Young Ones cash-in title for Christmas in between the first and second series, but very well done it is. 
Oh, it's I did very not good. Know such a thing. Uh, it's very good. Oh, Go no, get yourself a copy on eBay. Um, it has a, a section in it in which um, Neil or Rick d- describes people you live li- uh, share a house with, and this is how they operate. And it's a brilliant description of um, how people in politics act as well. And uh, there is one thing that always sticks in my mind: is if you share your fridge with a hippie, what they'll do is they'll eat your sausage and say. Hey man, it's only a sausage. And that is the exact behaviour of the Liberal Democrats in political terms all the time. They'll go, Oh yeah, we've we've fucked up your uh, chances of government, you know. Hey man, they don't get so heavy about it. It's political tribalism, man. And <laughs> conversely a, a Labour member would cut half of it off and claim it was tack. A Tory would just rob it. This is and, and just oh yeah, sorry, the Tory the, would um, sell it off, uh, eat nine tenths of it, leave a tenth, and then point to the other, the, uh, the hippie and go, uh, "Look, that hippie's going to steal your sausage, as it were." Um, but <laughs> I, I, I read, yeah, I, I, I think, I think, I think a Labour outright majority is possible. I think it's less likely than Labour being the largest single party um, and having to take support where they can find it for a little while. Um, but I think there's a in that scenario, in the sort of third scenario that you came up with, I think it's incredibly possible that Labour gets some really great transformative things through and then are happy enough to call a, another election shorter than five years because we've got used to that now and then get that overall majority there. I guess it's possible. I mean, it's possible if things appear to be working. And I think that also would be the only way now that. Corbyn could be validated by a you know serviceable majority of the voting public. So if you're looking at current opinion poll has like the Labour Party on about 25%. Now obviously that number can go up and that kind of thing, but we have to accept that there's a lot of a lot of people have a very strong personal dislike to the Labour leadership more than they do the Labour Party in general. Uh, you know, the, the, it's in the Labour Party's interest to say we would have a minority government because they assume that they would make a better job of it than people expect. And given people expect minus 65% uh, or whatever, what the, is it minus, you know, the lowest ever, you know, people's expectations of Corbyn are not high. And yet their experiences so of him aren't very in that high, situation because he hasn't done anything wrong. They like him. They like him on the one show when he made jam or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's difficult. He's upset a lot of political groups. He's looks like a communist, so that upsets a lot of. What does um, a communist look like? Do they look like do they look like Rosa Luxemburg? <laughs> do they look like Karl Marx? Do they I, look like Che Guevara? Do they look like Mugabe? Do they look like Nelson Mandela? What do they look like? Fair point. Fair point. All right, he he markets himself as one actually. I guess. But do you see what I mean? Like, there, there's like you might want a coalition normally. A coalition made a lot of sense when you had two popular leaders, uh, or relatively speaking, popular. You know, with Cameron and Clegg, because if they were seen to make an agreement, if they were seen to sort of work together, that gave that government a springboard to get on. Whereas Labour have no, there's no real personal like for Corbyn outside people who are definitely going to vote for him anyway so he can prove himself in the role 
which is why people were so desperate to prevent a government of national unity. I think that's true because he would have been very good at it. He would have been very good. Well, he would have been very good at that. We don't know that. He would have been good at that. It would certainly, yeah seemingly rational conciliatory stuff that you really even though people say they want this sort of strong man character it would have worked really well and it was the only way to get there so you're making him sound like so we someone move from in HR to the last one on your list the um we so we move into the last one on your list the absolute fantasy scenario Second this is least the, likely outcome. This is the sort of um, uh, the Christmas uh, miracle for the Lurpak men, as it were, the uh, piss diamond victory. Yeah, actual liberal Democrat win. I've put in, and then in, I've added in brackets. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you have just, to mention just, it. Don't just you? write down piss diamond um, victory. That's fine. It's it's in for balance, isn't it? No, it <laughs> throws everything off to the right, um, mate. But um, okay, let's let, we'll skip over how it happens because it won't because it won't. But uh, it can't. But keep going. Well, you know there is a scenario, I guess, where although odd, although oddly, it's still difficult to see this happening under first past the post, which kind of proves their point a little bit. But yep, yeah, yeah. Well, they are right about that. But then again, a lot of people quite enjoy first past the post. That's that was where they were wrong. Um, it does it does make for a more fun election, doesn't it? Especially this time when things are going to be a bit interesting. Seat by no seat. one has the resources to properly cover it, so the absolute. Um, I, I mean, uh, media-wise, so it's going to be um, a surprise on the night to everybody. There should be one or two surprises, hopefully. Hopefully. Um, Yes, anyway. Um, so a, a Lib Dem can't win. I mean, even the Lib Dems are saying, we could expect to win hundreds of seats, um, which I suppose is enough for a Liberal Democrat minority government. It's, it, it could be very interesting seeing them have to actually balance things. You know, it didn't work well for them just as part of a coalition. What are their policies? I genuinely don't know and i don't think even though they've laid out that they, weird i feel like they would provide a really useful balance to uh, a labor to, minority to, government they provide that useful balance but, to reality um well i don't know i'm saying that maybe maybe some elements of the labor government you know some parts of the labor party are not wholly in grounded in reality and it might be you know they could work well with a coalition of the same if you like but on their own what the hell would they do? God, I just I have no idea how expensive plastic bags would be. Yeah, that yeah. They'd probably take but them out of reach probably of the be, average person. Sand, sandals would be tax free, not just for children. Uh, and uh, they would, I guess, revoke Article Fifty. And or, or, or they'd just spend so long having a like a big party that nothing happens. It would, so I, I I didn't put this on the list as well, but I mean, it's only what seven points less likely. Um, Brexit party overall win. Uh, it's I you know they, that whole thing about the Brexit party standing candidates in every place. It won't happen. No, I know you have to fill in a form. 
which means you have to be able to read, and you have to have at least one friend it who can be, also read. You, you, well, you need quite a lot actually. You need, you need to, you need twelve oh, things just to stand for local council. So yeah, no, I don't fancy. It seems like hard work. It's not. It's, it's not. It's not going to happen. The, that will be an amusing. And even if even if they did, uh, and then they won. Um, would they? Uh, how long before the electoral commission went through all of those forms? Well, it's going. It's going to be a. Uh, it's going to be an amusing um, sideshow for the first couple of weeks of the election campaign. You know, a, a Brexit party campaign candidate has done X, has been found with found blacktop with a behind the fridge. You know, but I don't want that. I want that for the Tory entrists. I want the Brexit party to have a great campaign. I, you know. Looking at a pure polls and all the rest of it, I want the Brexit Party. If you go back to June, July, which is about the period where Labour were briefly ahead in the opinion polls, they were not ahead. You know, they they were heading down as well. They were trending down, but the Tories were trending down even quicker, and pretty much every Tory vote was going to um, the. Well, actually, the Lib Dems were climbing, and the Brexit Party were climbing. And the Brexit Party did pretty well in the European elections, right? But we we all know it's not the same thing because those are proportional. Did I tell you about the um, local elections uh, this year, um, where I came a, a distant? Yeah, you, you have mentioned. Um, but the, uh, the 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 amount of people who simply wrote Brexit there wasn't a Brexit Party candidate in our election. The amount of people who simply wrote Brexit on the on the paper so they were engaged enough to bother to go but they were very angry i wonder well, if that's gone away i don't know i mean you know it is it's like a religion now isn't it it's like a cult so that's so anyway it's just you know opinion wise that has trended down now brexit party like 12 ish and all of those have gone to the tour every single one has gone back to the tories the lib dems have stayed at around 20 and the Labour Party have stayed at around 25 since then. Um, it's you know it's like those two lines have got closer, but the the Tory uh, the Tories have been on the way back up, and it's directly proportional to Brexit Party. The only other party that have shown solid decline is the Greens, um, and that's presumably because those people you know looking towards a general election are starting to think, well, I want my vote to matter. And if you don't live in Brighton or the Isle of... Which one was it? Uh, White. Lucy. So I'm going to rattle my sleigh bells uh, now. And do you think there's any... Apart from the sort of media coverage of it and we'll be um, deluged under Corbyn and Santa memes... Um, in the next few days, do you think there's any real? He's a pretty creepy Santa, about it, though, isn't he? About it, because he doesn't smile much. <laughs> he actually looks a bit weird when he smiles. His one eye closes a bit. The, um, but the, the the idea of um, this Christmas election. The the, the only uh, real reaction I've seen to a, the idea of a Christmas election so far is um, uh, 
Tony Baldrick Robinson on Twitter claiming that a Christmas election would election on December the twelfth would ruin his Christmas, despite the fact that it'd be open it over before you should open the Quality Street. The um, and uh, a, a Quaker friend of mine um, really ardently saying it's not a Christmas election. Christmas doesn't start till the twenty fourth. <laughs> Damn right. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's probably put off any serious pricing problems you know with the election and the general assumption uh, in polling and that kind of thing that there is probably going to be a conservative win or whatever happens it will help deal with brexit the pound's risen back up to about 130 um so you know at least you'll be able to buy cheap plastic toys from china china um for you know it's not going they're not going to get any more expensive before the time most people have bought them so that that's a positive isn't it uh well, not, not for the planet elect- <laughs> well i meant yes all right uh can't take ownership of the planet issue right, you you can you can try if you want but i'm just trying to say most people christmas a lot of plastic toys are bought aren't they at least that's not single use hopefully Unless it's a really crummy toy from your gran. So I, I, I mean, I, I, I have genuinely um, suggested that um, you know how people go. I'm not going to buy Christmas cards this year. I'm going to make a donation to charity. I am seriously thinking about suggesting people don't send Christmas cards, but they make a donation to the Labour Party um, to to try and get this over the hill. Or uh, if they live in uh, Perry Bar in in Birmingham, they can simply just send people postal votes. Uh, or, the, or other people's postal votes in, as normally happens. Um, <laughs> regional, regional satire. <laughs> um, why, why don't people just, um, you know, pop out, vote, and that's it for most people. Sure, if they get piles of Christmas cards or that kind of thing, then maybe they'll get one or two election leaflets, but it's fairly easy to dump them in the bin and carry they're, on with the world they're really you know, talking it, about the um, lack of opportunities to see repeats of the mrs band's boys christmas special um because well, there'll be john pinar and um, andrew uh, andrew neil um on the telly instead just other fat men but you can change channel now it's very easy to ignore stuff there's think, no there's no election on netflix apart from the tv series uh, election um, uh, well, yeah, I've got no idea if that exists. It probably does. The um, so yeah, I, I do think that it's, this is um, over egged at least at the moment. Over eggnogged, perhaps. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, that's 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 presidential election, surely. Really, it's um, an advent election, and I will be opening a lot more than twenty-four doors. So let's let's move on and let's talk about something that's not Christmas. Let's talk about something oh. that's not reality. Let's talk about something was, that's not. I was the quite election. looking forward to Christmas just then. <laughs> I want to talk to you about um, uh, something that's happening, and I often want to talk to you about um, press responsibility and journalism. And I want to talk to you about um, what's going on in the West Midlands and in Birmingham in particular, where the um, Labour you Party is. Labour Party are currently um, selecting their uh, candidate for the West Midlands mayoral election, which is coming up next May. 
three-way fight between uh, Pete Vermeer and uh, who's a sort of a black country-esque um, left candidate um, uh, ex-New Labour minister but now oddly backed by John McDonnell um, Liam Byrne and um, Salma Yacoub ex of uh, the Respect Party um, uh, but who's been a Labour member now for uh, sort of three years and um, is, that, is that long popular. enough to pull out the old tendencies though? Well I Let's be honest. I think she was always quite a, a leftist um, candidate, and let's. So this is interesting. So this thing deserves a lot of scrutiny, and I'm not um, going to uh, really go into the, the the detail of it. But there have been people within Labour very critical of um, Salma Yacoub for things she said or may have been associated with when on various campaign trails. Um, you know, in the the, the Galloway esque party, um, plus she's not a white man, which is uh, unusual for Labour candidate picks these days. This, I mean, the problem of diversity might be part of the reason. Um, but I'm the I'm going to ask whether the option of decent local press coverage still exists because they've got to scrutinise this and the election itself, and they were incredibly bad at um, pointing out to the people last time that the guy standing in the green colours who was standing on the I used to work for John Lewis's um, uh, ticket was actually a Tory. They were incredibly bad at pointing that out. And I think that had a lot to do with the fact that he won. And just this very week, the uh, Trinity Mirror, or whatever it's called these days, Reach PLC's uh, flagship um, Birmingham-based uh, news operation, which online is called Birmingham Live, but used to be called the Evening Mail in print, um, saw some uh, tweets uh, which are associated with people, kids mainly, playing the game Roblox. Roblox, have you played this game? No. Um, it's it's part. It's something in between Minecraft and sort of like a being a being normal and being a live simulator. Um, very popular apparently with um, autistic uh, children. It's kind, of, it's kind of ordered. And one of the things they like to do in it, people like to do in it, is to sort of role play as like the emergency services or as the council or things oh like Lord. that. Yeah, and uh, they were role playing and there was a fight. It's very popular, this game, by the way. Um, and the uh, there was a fire at a Do train station. Do you have station. a great imagination, but really, really limited ambition? <laughs> well, this is it, yeah. There are no... Um, we're going to have emergency services, and they are not in any way operated by small dogs. Um, but there was a fire at uh, Erdington train station in the game, and this spills over into real life because some of the operations in the game have, like, Twitter accounts and stuff. But they're all clearly, clearly, clearly labelled. Um, uh, like the accounts that are called things like... I Rump, think I can see where Birmingham this is Council. going. Yes, they reported it as real. Uh, quote, <laughs> quoting um, some of the police accounts and the council account and advising people to avoid the area. Um, well, if I was a local reporter, uh, Trinity Mirror publication... Um, my, you know, I, I have to say I might not be the most excited of people. Uh, and I've, uh, I, 
should say I did my my first work experience for what was the Birmingham Post then, which I assume has also disappeared, which was Birmingham's old broadsheet. Oh, still um, which, still uh, printed once a week and distributed uh, free to the hotels and and stuff. Okay, like. well it was you, a, you can yeah, buy it. It was, it was daily then, and it was for money, and it was uh, it shared an office with the um, the tabloid you referred to. If I'd come down from having you know working in a proper newsroom to seeing the word you know keyword birmingham on twitter and just presumably they get a little alert bit of a quick copy and paste job done you know that's that's where my soul would be it wouldn't be into uh, the detail anymore so i think that's my that's my answer is that yes i, I can't imagine that local news has as much appeal as it should have is we just about killed local just before instituting, you know, mayors and that kind of thing. Well, the idea that I was very pro uh, the mayor and I worked on the original um, referendum. I like, I like the idea campaign. of a mayor. I, I think it should be called Mayor of Birmingham and the rest of them can go hang well, because I, it's the I, one big city in the area. I do. I, I thought. I do think actually, Mayor of Birmingham would have been would have made more sense. But the, the idea of including and fostering sort of greater cooperation between the sort of warring councils um, is a good idea, I think. But the um, I'm very. Pro- I guess I'm if they'd pro- taken the West Midlands area, called it Birmingham, and uh, yeah, created the same thing, it probably would have upset some of the councils in the other bits. Well, it would have it would have upset the Thatcherites because, as we know, that, Thatcher deliberately disinvested in Birmingham to stop it growing uh, and becoming a challenger to London. The, the, there was a democratic deficit, particularly in Birmingham, because it's the largest uh, unitary authority in Europe, uh, still in Europe at the moment. Um, but you ask people on the street what who their cancer is, they don't know. Uh, I think you sort of, there are studies that say things like ten percent of people can name their local MP. That in many? General. Yeah, I mean that's quite that's fairly high, isn't it? But for cancers, obviously, way, way, way lower. And there was no mechanism for um, electing the the leader of the council. The, um, the, the none of the parties would routinely put out manifestos for the local elections. The local elections were split into sort of three member wards. So you get an election every. Pretty much every year, three year, three out of four, but it meant the council was unlikely ever to change hands. So there was not ever a lot of, you know, real need for campaigning um, a lot of the time. And there was a real demographic deficit, which is well served by having that sort of figurehead, although they don't have a lot of power at the moment. But this, there's, there's a, but the democratic deficit persists if the democratically elected people aren't scrutinised. And, sure. and that's um, a problem that you know people have been uh, tossing around in the in the sort of media space a little bit. So there's a sort of um, did you know there was a sort of top slicing of the BBC license fee where a reporter for each of the sort of big metropolitan sort of like local council reporter is paid for for these commercial organisations out of the license fee because apparently they just can't afford to have a reporter that like looks at council stuff. Yeah. It's insane. And essentially that reporting, whether it's good or not, is buried <laughs> by lots of listicles saying, uh, is there going to be a KFC or is there going to be a Pizza Hut or uh, something's happened in Australia that we can 
obfuscate how uh, um, where it happened so we can publish it as a local story and you won't notice that it isn't until you've got to the end. It's it's an absolute nonsense. I think it's really dangerous and I genuinely have no idea how to get out of this. I'm afraid I don't have a cure either. It's, um, you know, the, the I feel like we, we just, especially as a country, got there a bit late. People, you know, in, country, in countries like the US, where the mayor of New York is a, a noted figure, that had been quite an established and a powerful role for a very long time. And I think we just started to think about it just at the same time as as media was meaning that, you know, as, as local newspapers were closing and if we weren't sort of already aware of the role, it's very hard to create constitutional train change when people aren't expecting it or used to it. And sharing mediums, online stuff, it seems to be incredibly bad at dealing with local. It's, you know, there are enough people in the UK who I feel like genuinely think they have some sort of voice in the US presidential elections just because it's the dominant chatter on Twitter and people don't deal well with their own issues they're very good at using online to sell a table they don't want anymore for somebody to upcycle but somehow we don't seem to be able to do it to communicate problems and fix them in the area it's yeah I, I mean I, I, this has been an area I've worked in quite a lot and I just yeah I don't have any answers now I, I get the feeling that it will all sort of be all right in the end um <laughs> Ah, uh, the wonderful difference between a good, good, a moral soul. Perhaps because you're moving into a warmer, Christmassy time of year. I think personally, I'm at that time of year when I want to go and light some explosives. <laughs> well, um, I, I don't know. There would have been a if we uh, we've we've missed out on the Halloween Brexit. Um, we're going to have we've a Christmas, missed out on a, yeah that's Christmas a shame, election. We surely we are. What what are we going to have for? Uh, bonfire night um uh, what democratic events can we possibly have the well uh, i've got one of those masks off of viva vendetta <laughs> that's all i'm saying so we do every week um uh, clever or stupid where we take a, a personality and um the and we work out whether or not we think they're clever or stupid. And you've put in a request this time, Ad, and I think it's one I you've have. been uh, beavering away but... at wanting for a little bit, and I'm going to let you have it. Um... Oh, no fair, because this week uh, we're already running over time and I have something to go and do. So am I going to have to very quickly talk about... Um, yeah, on, tell me, Adam, uh, is Jeremy Corbyn clever or stupid? So my reason for asking it uh, is for a specific decision rather than a, an overall thing. Um, which is, well, actually, okay, there are two I want to talk about. One, making the choice politically to say, yeah, sure, we'll have the election. I feel like, um, you know, potentially that's cost him, potentially not. You know, we, we won't find out. Was it a stupid thing to do? I think in a way we've already covered that as well. So the other thing is today he stood up in PNQs and made the joke with the speaker about how much he was looking forward to the Arsenal versus Liverpool game, uh, with Corbyn clearly supporting Arsenal. Is that going to cost him a few Labour seats? Oh, as in Pu um, publicly coming out against Liverpool? 
No, they bloody love him in Liverpool. You've you've seen the rallies. Um, the uh, a donkey with a Labour rosette could um, get elected in Liverpool, which is a little bit worrying. As uh, you know, why it seems to happen a bit. What, to be honest, why hasn't Jess Phillips moved up there? The um, it's uh, no, I'm sorry, Jess. The uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't think that's particularly clever. Or I don't. Th- I think it's interesting that. Jeremy Corbyn, despite being seen as this sort of um, seen as this either like bumbling uh, communist who's got no hinterland and um, oh no, he can't possibly have read Ulysses, oh he can't possibly like music um, and also this sort of um, can, can he read? <laughs> and also Sorry. this um, uh, you know, this this guy who's uh, obsessed with um with uh, politics or is a North London um, metropolitan elite person, he is, he is totally allowed, and this is because it's genuine, to like football in public in a way in which lots of our politicians and other celebrities and stuff should just not do. Because you can tell he likes it. You can tell he goes to the games. I th- I actually think you're right on this. I don't want a serious, clever or stupid discussion in general right now um, for for a lot of reasons and partly because we've covered a lot with our, you know, we were talking about about five options that could exist soon. Um, so, yeah, we've we've thrown the uh, the format a bit this week, um, as as have our Parliament um, pending House of Lords, of course. Um, but, yeah, I, I actually thought it was quite a genuine moment. I uh, I also enjoyed uh, Bojo's remarks to the the leaving speaker as well. It was uh, sometimes you can quite like Parliament, and well, we like Parliament, but I'm quite happy it's not going to be there for five or six weeks. It'll be all right, won't it? Well, the other thing's fun too, right? <laughs> and uh, we'll definitely um, we'll definitely come up with some clever or stupids, and I imagine some people will present themselves for discussion in the time coming up. I call order, order, and call time on this podcast. Don't forget, you can sit, listen to all of our previous episodes at thatoption.co.uk. Find the latest, or just talk to us on Twitter at thatoptionpod, or on Facebook. That option no longer exists. Search for it. Email us hello at thatoption.co.uk and tell us why we're clever or stupid. And but until next time, when the left and the right of the left fights i'll say goodbye i'll say goodbye too in a balanced and reasonable way it is an election period that's right we're going to be balanced bollocks are we it's on according to Momentum at least, like Fat Pat's Thong, which is something they've pinched from the thick of it, I think. And despite lots of people essentially wanting to... Sounds like fat shaming. I think it's a particular character in the thick of it that is not seen on screen, a bit like um, Mrs Mannering or um, other ones that are done like that. Still, though, you know, they're all meant to be very right on these, uh, or left on these people.